the last three weeks, these three weeks, uh, I've been asked to share about uh, preparing your uh, personal testimony, and that is something that is uh, something I've been uh, at for many years, and it's something that's very exciting because not only here in America, we do it over in China, uh, that we're doing it, and actually in August, all of the participants on the team, uh, all of them have their three-minute or five-minute testimony all prepared to share, and each of, I hope each of you will get to hear their testimonies, that we'll be dividing them all up into different uh, groups and visiting and that, and they'll all have an opportunity to hear their testimonies about how Jesus has worked in, the, in their lives. So, uh, next one, please. So, uh, this morning, our... Uh, our uh, faithful uh, uh, machinery back there is not quite working, so we're going to do it the, the old-fashioned way, uh, the head nod, and uh, we'll go on to the next slide here. But witnessing is a Christian's way of life, and uh, that's something I've been talking about and getting about. It's not something extraordinary, something that we do once in a while, that we are witnesses by being, and we are witnesses also by uh, what we say. Next one, please. And... Uh, I'm just continuing to get this idea. Everyone has a testimony. Some people come along and think, "Oh man, I'm just a, I'm just little me. I have, I have my life is in inconsequential. Nobody in the whole church knows who I am. Uh, whatever. So I really don't have a testimony. That is not right at all. Jesus saved you. Jesus is, has a testimony in your life. It's a miraculous thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's unique. No one else is like you in this whole world, and you have a message to share and to share your testimony uh, for us. So next one, please. So we are trying to do it on a, we're talking about a three-minute testimony. Now, don't get all shook up again about the three minutes thing. The principle is get it concise and get it uh, down so people can hear your story, and people do want to hear your story, and that is really interesting. The next one, please. That uh, Emmett, Emma, she has already shared her testimony in Macau, and... Uh, not too many days from now, Joey Xian, her name is, we say in English, Xin, but actually in Mandarin Chinese, you say Xian is how you say it in Chinese. So it's, so you don't call her like a Joey Xin, you're a sinner, you know. <laughs> That's not the meaning of that at all. It's just a transliteration of her Chinese name uh, there. So she will be sharing her testimony. And always be prepared. That's the thing. The Second Timothy 4.2 thing is about be prepared in season, out of season. And then the First Peter uh, 3.15, we just read that about always being ready to give an answer. This, this, uh, when I left Gary on Wednesday after our breakfast time, I went to go get gas. I was putting gas in the, in the gas tank up at Walmart, and a lady drove in right next to me. She got out of her car, and she walked around and said, could you help me pour gas into my, my gas tank? I said, uh, sure. <laughs> so I went over, and, and uh, she gave me her, her uh, uh, debit card. And she said, how do you put the debit card in here and do this? And I said, well, okay, well, you do it. look at the little sign here. And it said, put the debit card in, pull it right out like that. And okay, just look at these signs and what you, what you do. And then she said, yeah, my, my husband died five years ago, and I'm all by myself and, and kind of going on. And then I helped her get the gas in the tank. And then I thought, now, is she taking me for a ride here, or what are we going to do? End up with a 25-minute conversation of hearing all of her woes, or is she really maybe open to Jesus? So I said, well, I don't care. I'm going to go for it. This is my opportunity to share. Be ready in season, out of season. So I got to witness to her right there on the spot. So that was really cool. Uh, unplanned and is ready for me and is uh, an encouragement for her. Uh, 
that day. And yesterday, actually, I had not planned to give a memorial service for uh, anyone this week, but the opportunity came, and yesterday I got to share the gospel in uh, the uh, memorial service. So for me, that was a great experience. This, this week I had two opportunities that I had not really planned on to do that. And you do it in season, out of season. Sometimes we say in country that we share it around here, next one, and out of country. And for the people who are coming this way in August, they're going to be sharing out of country. If you think you're a little bit nervous about sharing it around here, well, just think about them coming over here sharing in English their testimony. Now they're shaking in their boots. So uh, just be empathizing with them for that. Now remember, I think two weeks ago I had this outline that I prepared for you. The first part is what uh, Wes and the elders have prepared on this outline. There's the bulletin in your uh, insert today, in your bulletin insert. And then on the back is where we're at working on the outline, this, the three-part outline per se. Part one, try to concisely explain what God did before you were saved. And if you listen to Diana's testimony this morning, it was about she was selfish. The big idea is she was selfish, and God really used that to convict her of her sin in her life. And that's why she needed to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. Then part two here, the central part of the testimony, the real purpose of that is get the gospel in. And that's why we want to share a testimony in the first place, is we share a testimony so that we can ultimately allow them to have the opportunity to know Jesus. And if you don't have the gospel, the truth, the Bible scriptures in there, then it's not really going to happen well. Uh, the next one, please. So try to put some type of a Bible verse in there, whether it's a full quote or partial or reference to it, okay, but get God's Word in there. That's the thing that, that changes people's lives is when the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and puts those together in a person's life, life's, lives change there. So uh, next part, today we're working on part three here, the conclusion of it, uh, of our uh, testimony, bring it down to what has God been doing in your life since you believed in Jesus Christ? How are you different? You believed in Jesus Christ over here. Yes, you, that happened to you, an experience. For me, it's like 50-some years ago. Maybe it was uh, three weeks ago. Maybe it was eight years ago. Now you're a believer. And what is happening in your life now after Jesus saved you, after he's come into your life? So that's the thing to be uh, talking about and thinking about here. And one of the reasons we do it is show the contrast. Is Here's what God, here's what I was like beforehand, and here's what happened afterward. That is something. For me, I can't say, well, yes, I, I was a big, hairy sinner. You know, I was a terrible sinner uh, when I was 12 years old. I was a sinner. I was selfish, and I had a lot of problems, but I wasn't as bad as some people are. But that's really not the issue. I found when you go to China, and I've talked to well, thousands of people over the years, and the Chinese... Generally speaking, I mean, this is a generalization. It's not really fair, but it, it kind of is a generalization that they are very polite and they're very gracious. And like Gary and Don, when you were there, you met some people there that are not even Christians. And they, they will take a picture off the wall and give it to you if you like it. They, they will go buy you a huge lunch. I mean, hundreds of dollars worth of food to give to you, and they're just so happy to do it. 
I mean, they're very gracious. And if it's all about being nice, if you compare yourself being nice to other people and compare yourself nicety, I'm sorry, but most of us Americans are getting really shot down when we compare being nice to the Chinese and being gracious. You can never outgive a Chinese, no matter whether believer or unbeliever almost. Now, that's a generalization I'm saying that. But in my experience, it really is. There's so many Chinese so much nicer than me. They're, they have such a nice, they're n nicer to people than I am. And I'm supposed to be this model Christian. And they're not even believers. So it's not about how nice we are as a believer. It's about Jesus Christ in our lives, changing our lives. He is at work in our lives and allow that to come out and, and show through our lives. So this idea of, of what God is able to do in my life, he is able to do in your life, and that is really uh, a very critical uh, situation. On this, I want to share uh, a couple of stories. Um, <clears throat> maybe you've heard it before, but in Macau, we'd, or in China as well, we have these baptism classes. Once you get, uh, become a believer... Then you go through some series of, of doctrine uh, classes and so forth, and then you go through six weeks of baptism class. Well, uh, and in the fourth lesson of baptism class, you do exactly what we're doing here. Everybody prepares their testimony type thing. And then just before they get baptized, the person comes up in the front of the, uh, the group or sits around in a, a circle and then shares uh, their testimony with the group before they go up and get baptized. I'll never forget this. Uh, it was in the early days. Uh, and in the early days uh, where we ministered down on the street, uh, preaching on the street, it was quite like the ghetto kind of, of Macau. Dark and dingy, kind of like a lot of trash along the sides. Rats were running back and forth where we preached every Sunday night. And we'd see rats all, you know, just running around all the time. Our boys would go chase them and go hunting kind of thing. And uh, so it's kind of a rustic part of Macau. And down in that, that area, there, there are two big groups of people. Fukunese people lived there from Fujian province, and Cantonese people lived in there. And those two people really didn't get along very well. So this guy came to the Lord. He was from China, and he's from Fujian, uh, Chinese, so he's a Fukunese guy. And then when he came to give his testimony, about nine months after he was saved, he was sitting up there in the front and just both had the microphone talking. He said, yeah, Jesus is so good. He's, we, I was walking down the street, and one of these people was talking, those foreigners up there talking in Mandarin and told us about Jesus, never heard him before. And a person gave me a track, and I believed in Jesus right there on the street. And it's just amazing. God changed my life. You know, before I got saved, I was fighting every week. And since I got saved in nine, nine months, I've only had one fight out on the street. And it's like... Oh, I was just saying, amen. So he had a fight, okay. But it's like he used to do it almost every week, and now he's not doing it. It's like what happened, before, what he was like before, and now what he's like after. That kind of a contrast in our lives. We, we may not fight every week on, you know, with others around us, but it's something that happened to us before, something that happens to us afterward, how Jesus changes our lives. Next one, please. The blind man's testimony is a good one, good illustration, I think, out of the scripture. I was blind, but now I see, and nobody can shut me up. 
I don't care if you're a great theologian, Jewish theologian or not. All I know is I was blind, and this man came along. He said his name was Jesus, and he healed me, and that's what happened. I'm just telling you what happened to me. And some others, like the leopard going off, the, the 2,000 uh, swine, uh, that uh, story about they went in there, and then, then the people go off and tell what happened when Jesus touched their lives. They could not help but, keep, but tell everybody. That's what, when people become a Christian, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you can't not shut your mouth. You've got to have something to tell people about Jesus because it's different. When you weren't a Christian and now you're a Christian, Jesus has changed you. Maybe you didn't have demons in you, which some people do in Macau and in China. Literally, they do, and they, they change. But we have, have different things in our lives, and he changes us there. So the, uh, God is working in us. Now, one of the things that I'm trying to, to s share softly <laughs> and carefully here is the, prin the principle of about sharing our testimonies as, is that we are a witness. Now, whether we s believe we are, whether we say we are or not, does not change the fact. When you believe in Jesus Christ, when you're born again, you immediately become a child of God. You're a son of God by faith. And you'll never be able to change that. When you become a believer, then you automatically become an ambassador of God, ambassador of Christ. Whether you want to or not, you are. When you become a, when you become a believer, then you become a witness at the very same instant you're born again. You become a disciple the very instant you're born again. These are facts that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. We have these statuses, these uh, relationships with God. But it's not the issue of are we or are we not. The issue is what degree, what kind of a witness, what kind of a disciple, what kind of a, of a son or a daughter I am. That's the issue. It's not am I one or am I not. Is what type, what type of a a believer. So when we come to witnessing, then we are a, a witness, both by our life and by our deeds. Both are very, they're, they're, you have to have both for sure. The issue is when we develop and think about witnessing and sharing our faith, then we need to be fairly intentional about this. And this is where I'm going to be a little bit restrictive here, a little bit harsh maybe. Is that we are not neutral bystanders when it comes to a relationship with Jesus. We are not. We are very biased. We, in fact, are totally whole hog into Jesus. He saved us from our sins and we are no longer our own. It's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. My life is no longer mine. My life is Jesus's. I am his witness. So, brothers and sisters, when we witness, we have a purpose in mind. We are not just like this neutral, oh, hey, that's cool. This week, I ran under the lady at the gas pump. <laughs> okay, yeah, I share the, I'm sharing the, the gospel with you. It's cool if you want to believe in Jesus. It's cool if you don't. Oh, that's no problem. I'm just neutral in the situation. Is that right? Do you have that mentality? Do I have that mentality? 
No, wait. We are witnesses. We are a biased witness. Straight out. We are here to help you get along closer to Jesus. In fact, if you would believe in Jesus right now, when I'm talking to you, that would be the best thing in the world. But we don't have that ability to con convict and, and make people be become believers. That's God's work. But our job is to, to tell them about it. So when we engage people in sharing our witness, then we do it with sincerity. and gen Like when I talked to the lady, I was really, I was, oh, wow, this is really, I'm really sad for you. It's been five years since your husband's died and you don't know how to do the gas card yet? Well, this is something kind of serious in my book. I mean, you're really hurting inside. Going to drive down to Wenatchee and find your children? They're not really helping you here? What's going on here? Because all this, this short story doesn't, <laughs> a lot of things don't really sink here. I want you to know Jesus. I can't help you in other areas, but Jesus can help you. And then in giving a witness, now I didn't have opportunity with her to, uh, to ask this question, but try to aim for this when you share a testimony. Ask the person if they would like to know God personally. Give them an opportunity to respond. And that is a really a, a tough thing to do. Most of us, if we get the words out of our mouth, that's one thing. But then we ask them, well, would you like to believe in Jesus? Or have you ever considered this? Then most of us are really pretty scared to do that, including myself. But it's, you'll be surprised how many people will respond to it. And you'll get conversation out of it. Okay. Now, I want to go into the Bible. Here's the next one. For some, some thoughts from the Bible, how this all fits together. When I first started in the first session, we talked about this uh, verse in Acts 10 about Old Testament prophets. They were all testifying about Jesus Christ. Even though they didn't use his name, Jesus Christ, some used the Meshua like, like that for the Messiah, uh, whatever, about the one coming. But the, the idea is that those Old Testament prophets prophesied that through the, his name, the Messiah's name, the Jesus name, everyone who believes in Jesus receives the forgiveness of sins. So there's a message in the prophets that they were bringing. Yes, the Messiah's coming. He has the answer. And you must believe in Jesus, to, in this Messiah, to have forgiveness of sins if you're going to have a relationship with God. That's what the Messiah's talked, or what the uh, Old Testament prophets talked about all in the Old Testament. Next one, please. Then in John, uh, John right away in, in the Gospels, John the Baptist came before Jesus actually was born there, but he came so that all the people that he talked to there might believe through Jesus. John the Baptist had a message. He was a witness, yes, but he was helping to lead them on to know about Jesus. Then in Acts, okay, hold on a second here. In Acts 1.8, Jesus told us all to go up into the upper room to wait because we will be witnesses. Now, actually, it's the 12 apostles. The 11 apostles would be witnesses directly in that passage there. So it's going on now. The apostles, the beginning of the church, they are to witness for Jesus all around the world. The next one. Then in 1 John 1.1, uh, I want to do 1, 2, and 3 here. Uh, these are very wonderful verses. Now think about, okay, We've got the Old Testament prophets, 
Then we have John right at the, before Jesus uh, was born, actually, and coming into that, the early days of Jesus' ministry. And then we have the Acts, the beginning of the church age, 33, 34 A.D., something like that. And now here we are later with John writing 90-some A.D., near the end of the writing of the Bible. And John tells us these words. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, Okay, we have experienced that, what we have seen with our own eyes and what we have looked at and what we have touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. Next one, please. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testified. There's that word, testify. The witness, the martyrist, is that what we are witnessing about. This is what John talked about, the apostles and all of the church from A.D. 33, now it's 90, 60 years of History had gone by, and what had they been doing? They, what, they had been testifying for 60 years what they had seen, heard, experienced Jesus, and they're now testifying. Next one, please. And what we have seen and heard, we what? We proclaim. Remember Wes's last message. A few weeks ago, he talked about Colossians 1.28, about proclamation and uh, um, my buddy, sorry, Tobin, you drew a picture. And in the middle of the picture, it says, Chanyang Ta, it had three words, Pro, we proclaim him. We gave that picture to the great praise church as a, as a gift because it has this word, we proclaim him. And then West that day, he led us in uh, the uh, Lord's Supper and in 1 Corinthians 11.26, I think, or 11.27, and it says, when we do this, as we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The same word, proclaiming. What we are about is proclaiming Jesus. Our witness is proclamation, getting the word out for people to hear. All right, next one, please. Now, the expectation of Jesus upon the first apostles, the original apostles, and then now upon us by way of application, if you turn in your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 here. I want to put this a little bit in context. Acts chapter 1, 8 is the verse we really want to zero in on, but we need to have it a bit of in context here. So, if you could look at verse 6. And then we'll read on down through 8. And so when they had come together, that's the disciples, they were asking him, Jesus, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're re uh, restoring the kingdom of Israel? And he was talking to the, the 11 disciples. They were really concerned about this. What's going to happen now that you're leaving? You've been resurrected from the dead. Okay, what's going to happen here? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epics which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. There's wonderful teaching in this, but this gives us a bit of the context of why and how Jesus gave this it's kind of a command. It's not. It's actually a statement. It's a, in the future tense, but it, it ends up kind of being a command to uh, 
be filled with the, wait till you're filled with the Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses. But what it's talking about here, just picture yourself. Here you've walked with Jesus for three years. Many great, you have seen all kinds of things happening. Now you've, you're beginning to kind of put together all the prophecies, all the things that Jesus had been talking about, the future kingdom, about uh, the rapture, about the, the end times and all that kind of thing. Okay, now, the first thing that the disciples ask him is, okay, when are all of these wonderful things in the end times, when, when is all this eschatology stuff going to come about? And Jesus didn't answer that at all, did he? He didn't address that issue. So many times, you and I are just like this. We are quite worried about a lot of theological things, about, about a lot of esoteric things, about a lot of things that really aren't practical to our personal life. Now, he, Jesus knew what the real issue was, the real problem with these guys' lives, not their theology, not their amount of theology, all that kind of stuff. Their real problem was fear. Their real problem was no guts to get out there and talk about Jesus. Their real problem was they didn't have all of the, ins, the stuff inside to carry him through when tough times hit, when persecution hit, and the fear hit. Just collapse them. Jesus didn't answer the theological issues. And that's many times, well, I don't really, I'm not very eloquent. I haven't been to seminary. I am not a preacher. Oh, I, I, I don't read very well. You know, a lot, especially a lot of us guys. Oh, yeah, and I. Oh, I just don't know enough to. I don't know if I've been a Christian long enough to give somebody my testimony. All of these excuses, all of it just pour out of our lips, right? Now, you probably don't do it. I know that, but I do, and all the Chinese I work with over there do. We are just people, folks. Our biggest problem is not how much theology we know or how much Bible verses we've memorized. That is not the issue. The big issue is fear. That is the biggest issue in witnessing. Giving out a tract or, or uh, telling somebody about church services, that is really no, well, maybe it's a little bit threatening, but it's really not a problem. It's actually when you sit down and tell somebody about Jesus, and then when you, here's it is, would you like to believe in Jesus? Now that is fearful. It makes you shake in your pants right there. Jesus addressed this issue. That's why he brought out Acts 1.8. He just knows us so well. This is what changed my life. When I went down to college, I was a believer. And I did have desire. And I sat in the pews for many, from when I, well, my whole life, but especially from 12 years old to 20 years old, I sat out there and I made so many promises to God. I'll pray this week. I'll read my Bible this week. And if I get the guts up, I'll go tell somebody about Jesus. And you know, you know, I forgot about it, and by the next Sunday, I had to, had to remake those promises all over again. I was so defeated in my Christian life. But then when I got down to college, and got, crusade people got a hold of us and telling us about Jesus and told us how, about, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, this promise, what Jesus is saying. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You will be. The filling of the Holy Spirit, the daily constant filling of the Holy Spirit changes our lives. And it, He gives us His power. He is the one working in and through us to do it. He changes us. Please don't look at Diane and me, oh yeah, here we are, you know, missionaries in China, you guys are so bold and so whatever, you know, so much, all 
Chinese and whatever. Please look at us as just like you. Please. It doesn't take any more courage to go over there and share the gospel than it does right here. Both are very fearful. In fact, when you do it in Chinese, oh my goodness, you just slay it. Because with Chinese, you say, ma, 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 ma. You can say ma means mother. You can say ma means anesthesia. You can say ma means to horse. Or you can say ma to scold somebody or curse somebody. So I can, I can scold my mother, curse my mother, and ride a horse all in the same word. <sighs> all those things, I mean, it really is very threatening, let me tell you. It is. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit to do any of it. To live the Christian life, you need the filling of the Spirit. But especially when it comes to us witnessing. Don't worry about so much, oh, do I have my three minutes down? Do I have my three points right? Yes, this is just a tool to help get you there. The biggest thing that, oh, Lord Jesus, fill me with your Spirit, that's what I really need. I don't need to have the great memorization. I don't need to have all my steps in order. I just need to be filled with the Spirit and go for it. Because you are prepared. That's what we're doing. We're helping you prepare, and now you're prepared and you can share in the power of the Holy Spirit. Next one, please. One more, please. Now, if you don't get anything more out of today than this last statement, please take this home with you. Write it down in your Bibles if you need. Christian witnessing is sharing your personal God story with another person in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Now, I'm pushing you for sure. Yes, our responsibility as a witnesser, as a person who testifies, is we are not a neutral object in this thing. We're not a neutral player. We're here to convince you to believe in Jesus. That's why we witness. Yes, but I'm not here to coerce you or to, to convince you that way. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I just give you opportunity, and what you do with it, that's between you and God. So please don't get a big heavy from Paul here or me. For sure, Gary's not giving me this to tell you at all. It's like, this is the Holy Spirit's job. John 16, 8 through 11 says, He will come and convict people of sin, righteousness, and just, uh, judgment. He does that, and he really can do it. You and I just make people feel guilty. Jesus does it where it conviction and changes their lives. Now, again, Christian witnessing, what we are doing in witnessing is sharing your story. You prepared your three-minute story, five-minute story. Okay. And we share it with other people, preferably unbelievers. And we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, share it boldly, lovingly, and freely, and leave the results to God, and you will see amazing things happen. God is out there working, and He has already ordained fruit that they will believe and they will remain. It's amazing. Now, today we are coming to the scary part of the service. I warned you. No. Today we're going to use the last few minutes of the worship service to divide up into small groups. And I would suggest four or five because it would be, hopefully, we'll give you enough, at least like around 10 minutes, at least two of you can share. One shares and then another shares that way. And jump right in. Don't sit there, mm -mm, well, you go, you go. Try to get right in because we, oh, time is precious. <laughs> no, but share your testimony one with another. And I also have another little request. 
Now, you don't have to do this, but it would be, it would be very beneficial, pedagogical, that means teach, good teaching uh, thing, is one of you or two of you keep an eye on how long did you speak? How long did it take you? Did you do it in four minutes? Did you do it in six minutes? Did you do it in 20 minutes? No, we won't go that long. But uh, how many minutes, to give an idea of how you, how you shared, how many minutes it took. But don't worry about that, okay? The big deal, get in small groups, and then uh, Pastor Gary's going to come up and uh, close us in uh, prayer and a benediction in a few minutes. So, okay, go for it, please.